We're going to pick up in the book of Judges where we left off two weeks ago. And we want to keep that same framework that we had in mind that we, that we looked at as how to study God's Word. It is observation, interpretation, and application. Observation, what does the text say? Interpretation, what does the text mean? And application, what does the text mean to me? The title of the sermon today is Gideon's Legacy, The Downfall of Abimelech. Gideon's Legacy, The Downfall of Abimelech. Just kind of rehearse a little bit from a couple weeks ago. We, 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 we saw Gideon, who was a man of faith, a man of God, a man of honor, whose name is written in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith. We saw Gideon make a series of bad mistakes. Gideon's decision for that ephod was hard for him and it tainted his legacy. It was self-proclaiming. Gideon's decision to entertain this woman of Shechem, his concubine, harmed his legacy. Anger, lust for power, desire for success, vengeance, idolatry. All of these things harmed Gideon's legacy. And we will see his son, Abimelech, follow in his father's footsteps. Abimelech modeled the worst of his father's actions. We're going to have four points in our time together today, and our first point is this. Abimelech desired power at all costs. That was his bad decision number one. Abimelech desired power at all costs. Bad decision number one. Second point is Abimelech associated himself with some bad characters. Abimelech associated himself with some bad characters. They were his hired guns. And this was his bad decision number two. Third point is Abimelech's desire for power and his association with these bad characters compelled him to murder 70 of his brothers. Gideon's desire for power and his association with the bad characters compelled him to murder 70 of his brothers. That was his bad decision, bad choice number three. And our point number four is this. Abimelech suffers from the consequences of God's judgment as the result of his bad decisions. Abimelech suffers from the consequences of God's judgment as the result of his bad decisions. Tim Keller, uh, pastor, author, writer, wrote in his book on the book of Judges, he said this, until this chapter, being chapter nine of the book of Judges, there has been a familiar sequence of events that un un unfolds, sin, oppression, crying out to God, God raising up a judge, victory, and peace. Let me repeat that. This is the sequence thus far in the book until this chapter. Sin, oppression, crying out to God, God raising up a judge, victory, and then peace. But now we see a complete departure from that sequence. 
This was a horrendous episode in Israel's history. Abimelech is, God's, is, is, is Gideon's son by a concubine who lived in Shechem. This means that his birth, from his birth, he was considered an outsider to his own family. Unlike Gideon's other sons, Abimelech was illegitimate. He did not stand to inherit anything from a Gideon. As the story unfolds, we see a man that, that, who feels that whatever he will get out of life he must get for himself. And we see a man who is utterly determined to do whatever he can to attain his goals. Today's passage is yet another example of evil in the times when every man did what was right in their own eyes. People, the people didn't worship God or didn't take worshiping God seriously. They didn't take God's laws seriously. They did what they wanted. Because they failed to obey God's law and drive out the people from the land, they suffered the effects from those people in those lands. In some biblical passages, we learn from the leaders positive examples of what we should do, and we try to take on their character qualities or their character traits. We learn God's blessing and grace on the lives of those who serve him. These kinds of passages make us feel very good and comfortable. But that's not the passage that we're going to look at today. This passage highlights man's sin and our condition when we ignore God's principles and go our own way. It shows us examples of very ungodly leaders all of their, and all of their wicked character traits and qualities. This story highlights the results of bad choices and God's justice. So basically, we see Abimelech doing whatever he wanted to do in this story. And we need to do the exact opposite. So when we unfold this story of Abimelech and we see what this man does, we need to think the exact opposite. We need to be reminded that although God is loving and merciful, he is also just. If we ignore God's principles for our lives and we do what we like, there will be consequences, consequences and justice for our actions. You know the old saying, you reap what you sow. Notice also as we unpack this chapter that God isn't mentioned much at all except for his justice for the people. They are not acting for God. They are not acting from God. They are not acting with God. God is left out of their plans and their equations. Let us pray. God, as we unfold this chapter, this dramatic horrific chapter. I pray, God, that you challenge our hearts and minds to just make the wise choices in our lives. Every day we are faced with decisions and choices. I pray that we learn from what not to do as we study this passage. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to Judges chapter 9.
This is a long chapter. We're not going to read all of it. We're going to dissect most of it, but we're not going to read all of it. Judges chapter 9, verse 1. Now, Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam. Now, we know, students of Scripture, that Jeroboam is another name for Gideon. So every time we mention the name Jeroboam in this passage, it is Gideon. Now, Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam, or Gideon, went to Shechem, his mother's relatives, and said to them, and to the whole clan of his mother's family, say in the ears of all of the leaders in Shechem, which is better for you, that all 70 sons of Jeroboam rule over you, or that one rule over you? Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. And his mother's relatives spoke these words on behalf of him in the ears of all of the leaders of Shechem, and their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech, for they said, he is our brother. Point number one is this, Abimelech desired power at all costs. Abimelech desired power at all costs. That was his bad decision number one. What do we desire? Success, health, fame, power, money, hitting the one point bazillion dollar Powerball? What do we desire? Abimelech desired power, and we're going to unpack this scripture, and it's going to see how that was just a bad choice for him. Tim Keller writes, every other leader in the book of Judges is called by God without seeking rule. Abimelech grasps it for himself, going to his mother's brothers in Shechem and pointing out that he is the son of the king. He is the son of a king-like father and kinsman of theirs. Abimelech was self promoting. Abimelech was trying to seize something that was not his to seize. Abimelech's desire got ahead of what God desired. Keller writes that Abimelech's argument could be something like this. Wouldn't it be better to have just one ruler over you, Shechem? And by the way, I, I, I am your family. My mother is your family. Wouldn't it be good to ensure that the ruler is for one of us? here in Shechem, wouldn't it be good for you and me if I were king? So Abimelech's desire, what he was shooting for, what he was aiming for, what his goal was, was self. Years ago, a dear friend of mine, one of my mentors, challenged me with something. He said, Ted, you need to be a man who knows God's word. Be a man of God's word. You need to be a, Ted, you need to be a man of prayer. A man of prayer. And Ted, you need to seek to be a man who knows how God speaks to you. Now, I've never heard God's voice say, Ted, go over here. Or Ted, do this. But I can sense in my head and my heart when God is leading me to do something. So Sam challenged me to be a man of God's word, a man of prayer, and a man who knows how God speaks to me. Abimelech's desire was self. Abimelech's desire was to be king. Abimelech's desire was to be the top dog, the head honcho, the number one, numero uno of the land. Matthew 6.33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Now, it's not a magic genie bottle that we rub and out pops three wishes. Oh God, I'm seeking you and I'm seeking your kingdom and now you need, need to give me, my, give me what I want. Because when we're seeking God and we're seeking his kingdom, his desires, be, desires become our desires. We see that Abimelech, Abimelech did not do that. He was self-seeking as opposed to God-seeking. Let's look at verse four. And they gave him 70 pieces of silver out of the house of Baal-bereth, with which Abimelech hired worthless and reckless fellows who followed him. I like that, the, that terminology, worthless and reckless fellows who followed him. Point number two is Abimelech associated himself with some bad characters, his hired guns. That was his bad decision number two. Who do we associate with? My dad, when I was a young teenager, 16 years old, asking for the car keys to go out on a Friday night, in, his, in all of his wisdom, he, as he's handing me the car keys to his vehicle, he says, Ted, remember, you are who you associate with. Now, we could take that in a whole different spin, and there's a, there's a negativity to that as well. But the idea is, I want to be around like-minded people that can challenge me, that can help me. I don't want to be around uh, Abimelech's hired guns, those bad, worthless characters. Fast forward years later, my son Mike, who is now 24 and married, he was in high school, and uh, Mike was uh, a, a good kid, but he was mischievous. He was ornery. Didn't get into any, any trouble, but he was just an ornery guy. And there was this one particular kid in his class that when the two of them got together, they brought out the worst in each other. So they're a junior year at Cross Lanes Christian School, and I get called by Mr. Riley, the principal, to come to the principal's office because my son Mike and this guy did something in class that they shouldn't have done. So I'm sitting there in the principal's office, and by the way, I had a flashback because when I was in high school, I got called to the principal's office a couple times. I'm sitting there in the principal's office, and Mr. Riley's a man of, of uh, a good man, very, a very good, good man, a man of uh, faith and a man of justice. He looked at those two fellows and said, it's just not good for you guys to be around each other. So as we were departing, my son sitting in the back seat of the vehicle and my wife sitting in the front seat of the vehicle, I look at Mike and said, Mike, I don't want you to hang out with this guy anymore. Now, it's kind of funny, there's a, there's a Greek word called ate, which means fate. As fate has it, this guy and my son happened to marry sisters. So now they are brothers-in-law. And we laugh about that to this day. Actually, there was a family gathering yesterday and my, my son and his brother-in-law were at this and they were laughing about this. How, do you remember when your dad said not to hang around me? So we are who we associate with and guys that are ornery together don't marry sisters. Um, no, I'm kidding. They're, they're, they're both good men. Don't, don't get me wrong. Let's look at verse five. And he went to his father's house at Oprah and he killed his brothers, the sons of Jeroboam, the sons of Gideon, 70 men on one stone. Now let's just stop there for a moment. Gideon and his band of evildoers go into his father's hometown. He, he, he seeks out all of his brothers and he murders all of his brothers on this stone. They, he, had, he did public execution of his half-brothers in the town of Oprah. 
slaughtered them, killed them. But Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, was left, for he hid himself. So there's 71 sons, 72 including, including Abimelech. Abimelech kills 70 of his brothers, and one son is left besides Abimelech. Now talk about a cruel and unusual punishment for something that these 70 men did no wrong. Abimelech, in his quest for power, in his hunger and his thirst, in his hunger for, to, to, to wipe out any threat that he could have in front of him, murdered, not only murdered, humiliated his brothers as he, had a, he performed public execution. Verse 6, and all the leaders of Shechem came together at Beth Milo, and they went and made Abimelech king by the oak of the pillar of Shechem. So Abimelech goes to his town people. He's an illegitimate son of Gideon, of Jeroboam. His mother was one of Gideon's concubines. He goes into the town of his mother's people, desires to be king, hires his henchmen from the, seven, from the pieces of silver that he got from the temple, goes into Oprah, his father Gideon's hometown, and slaughters his brother. Brothers, I should say. Point number three, Abimelech's desire for power and his association with the bad characters compelled him to murder his 70 brothers. Bad choices. Bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. Abimelech appealed to the Shechemite heritage in his offspring in offering himself to the citizens of Shechem to place him in corporate rule. Some silver from the public temple of Belbereth was donated to Abimelech. He hired reckless adventurers as his personal murderous cadre. Their first assignment was to murder Abimelech's 70 brothers on one stone, implying a mass public execution. Wow. Sometimes God's word speaks not only to the, the divine nature of God's character, but also to the depravity of mankind. Today we're looking at the depravity of mankind self-seeking, associating with bad characters, murder. Now, there's one brother left. He's the youngest. And this guy's got some chutzpah. Jotham, his youngest son and only remaining brother, rebukes Shechem and Abimelech. Verse 19 of the chapter, Jotham says this, if you would have acted in good faith and integrity with Jeroboam, Gideon, and with his house this day, then rejoice in Abimelech, kind of tongue-in-cheek, and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come down from Abimelech and devour the leaders of Shechem and from Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. And Jotham ran away and fled and went to Be'er and lived there because of Abimelech, his brother. So the youngest son rebukes his murderous brother. Verse 22, 
Abimelech ruled over Israel three years. A very short rule. Verse 23, it says, And God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the leaders of Shechem, and the leaders of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. There's mutiny here. The people of Shechem's eyes were open to the conniving, murderous, self-promoting Abimelech's desires, and they decided to try to do away with him. Verse 24 says that the violence done to the 70 sons of Jeroboam might come and their blood be laid on Abimelech, their brother, who killed them, and on the men of Shechem who strengthened his hands to kill his brothers. And the leaders of Shechem put men in ambush against him on the mountaintops, and they robbed all who passed by them along the way. And they told, and Abimelech was told this. So Abimelech, the king, is facing a mutiny. His, his townspeople, the people of his mother, are rising up against him and wanting to cut off his head because they see his evil desires and his evil ways. Point number four is this. Abimelech suffers the consequences of God's judgment as the result of his bad decisions. Abimelech suffers the consequences of God's judgment as the result of his bad decisions. Every decision we make is like throwing a rock into a pond. You ever go out on a nice sunny day? Like today, for instance, it's 80 degrees outside in the first part of November. And you go out to a little pond and you throw a rock into a pond. And what happens when we throw a rock into a pond? There's a ripple effect. So every decision we make, good or bad, is like throwing a rock into a pond. Hypothetically, this will not happen. I'm going to do a bad hypothetical here. I promise you this won't happen. Hypothetically, let's just say that after church today, I decide to go over to one of the restaurants in Charleston and have an alcoholic drink. And then maybe two. And then maybe three. And then hypothetically, again, this is not going to happen, but hypothetically, let's say that I get in my vehicle and I start the ignition, and I put the car in drive, and I start to drive home. And then I look in my rearview mirror, and I see the blue lights flashing. What would happen to me? Obviously, I'd probably be arrested for driving under the influence. Obviously, I would probably have to uh, sit under church discipline here at our church. I would probably be, um, uh, my poor decisions would reflect on my wife and my children. I would have to step down from the counseling ministry that I do. So as a result of making a bad decision or a series of bad decisions, there are consequences like ripple in a pond. My goal for me is just to make the correct and wise choice. I try to teach that to my children to make the correct decision or decisions. This should be the goal for all of us. Every day we are faced with a series of decisions. Let's make the wise choice. Let's be a man or woman of character that says, I want to do what's right. I don't want to be an Abimelech. I don't desire that. 
Now we're going to see a new character enter into our, our time and, and, and in, the, in our story today. Verse 26, a man named Gaal, or Gaal. He was the son of Ebed. He moved to Shechem with his relatives, and the leaders of Shechem put confidence in him. Uh-oh, Abimelech got, got a rival. So this new guy comes into town, and the townspeople put confidence in him. Verse 28, and Gaal, Gaal, Gaal the son of Ebed, said this, who is Abimelech, and who are we of Shechem that we should serve him? Is he not the son of Jeroboam? And is not Zebul his officer? Serve the men of Hammer, the father of Shechem. Why should we serve him, Abimelech? So now there's this conundrum that this city is placed in. We have a king who is bad. We have a new character named Gael coming into town. Gael stirring up the pot a little bit against this bad guy. He said, why are we following this idiota, Italian word for idiot? Why are we following him? Look what he's done. Look at his pedigree. Verse 30. Then Zebul, Zabel, he was uh, kind of one of uh, Abimelech's henchmen. The ruler of the city heard the words of Gael, the son of Ebed, and his anger was kindled. And he sent messengers to Abimelech saying, Behold, Gael, Gael, the son of Ebed, and his relatives have come to Shechem, and they are stirring up the city against you. Thus in lies the clash as we will see it unfold. <coughs> Excuse me. Zebul, the one of the henchmen of Abimelech, in verse 38 says, Where is your mouth now, who said, Who is Abimelech, that we should serve him? <coughs> are not these people, are not are not these the people whom despise you despised? Go and fight them. And so this guy, Zebul, is kind of like um, an agitator. He's agitating Guile to go fight Abimelech's people. Then he's going back and telling Abimelech, hey, this cat's coming to get you. Verse 39, and Gael went out at the head of the leaders of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him. And he fled before him. And many fell wounded up to the entrance of the gate. And Abimelech lived in Arumah, and Zebul drove out Gal and his relatives so they could not dwell in Shechem anymore. So Abimelech defeated this guy by the name of Gal. But now, probably in his psyche, somewhere in the front of his mind, he's thinking, how many other Gals are out there? How many other people, including my 70 brothers who I murdered, how many other people are going to try to come after me and try to get me? Verse 45, and Abimelech fought against the city all day. He captured the city and he killed it and all of the people who were in it. And he raised the city and sowed it with salt. Not only did he try to kill people who he felt were his adversaries, he killed all the people of the city. And it's interesting what he says at the end of that verse. It said, he sowed it with salt. When you sow a land with salt, you prevent something from growing there. There's a story, uh, if you're a, a Civil War historian, that William Tecumseh Sherman sowed a lot of the earth from a lot of the battles when he marched down south, specifically South Carolina, Georgia, etc. So now, not only did he kill the people, he sowed the land with salt. <clears throat> then Abimelech turned to another area, the Tower of Shechem, 
and he killed a thousand people there. This man went on a murder spree. Now we come to a new city. I've got one here. Thank you. Thank you. And now we come to a new city, a new people that, that he wants to attack. Verse 50. Then Abimelech went to Thebes and encamped against Thebes, and he captured it. But there was a strong tower in this city of Thebes, and all of the men and the women and all of the leaders of the city fled to this tower and shut themselves in. And they went up onto the roof of the tower. So he goes to the city, the city of Thebes. He tries to attack the city, tries to, ca- to capture the city. Most of the people of the city go into the tower. They shut the doors to the tower and they go up on top of the roof, ta- top of the tower to protect themselves. Verse 52, and Abimelech came to the tower and fought against it and drew near to the door of the tower to burn it with fire. He wanted to burn it down. And a certain woman, verse 53, threw an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Not light reading, is it? Something we probably don't want to read before we go to bed. On top of the tower was a woman. Abimelech and his henchmen were at the bottom of the tower. Probably they had fire in hand because it said they wanted to burn the tower and kill the people. This woman on top of the tower takes an upper millstone and drops it. And at the moment it makes impact on top of Abimelech's head, it crushes his skull. Then he, being Abimelech, called quickly to the young men, his armor bearer, and said to him, draw your sword and kill me lest they say of me, a woman killed him. At his last breath, he was still a prideful man. He did not want to go down in history as having some random woman on top of the Tower of Thebes drop a stone on his head and kill him. And his young man, man thrust him and he died. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, everyone departed to his home. Thus God returned the evil of Abimelech, which he committed against his father in killing 70 of his brothers. And God also made all of the evil men of Shechem return on their heads. And upon them came the curse of Jotham of Jeroboam. Wow, what a story. What a story of what not to do, isn't it? I mean, when we think of Scripture, we think of things like, man, I want to apply that to my life. I want to, I want to learn the attributes of God and try to apply those. I want to know who I am in Christ and, and, and apply that to my life. I want to be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. That's not this chapter today. We are learning from what not to do. Keller writes, God's judgment comes through the outworking of human sin. Shechem was destroyed because of its disloyalty. Its greatest sin was its downfall. Abimelech was destroyed because of his desire to maintain his position at any human cost. He had no need to attack Thebes. His greatest sin was also his downfall. 
God and his judgment uses the tools of human rebellion against those who rebel. This is a horrific end to a very bad man. Now let's review our four points again today. Abimelech's desire for power, Abimelech desired power at all costs. That was his bad decision, number one. Abimelech associated himself with some bad characters, his henchmen. That was his bad decision, number two. Abimelech's desire for power and his association with these bad characters compelled him to murder his 70 brothers. That was his bad decision, number three. Abimelech suffers the consequences of God's judgment as the result of his bad decisions. A woman dropped a rock on his head, crushed his skull, and he was put to death by some of his men. Guys, let this be a lesson to all of us, to me and to us. Let's just make the wise choices in life. Let's not go and be an Abimelech. Now, we're going to make some bad choices because we're human. We're going, to ma- we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. We're going to fall down. But let our desire be, I want to make the wise choice. We're all faced with decisions on a daily basis. Let us learn from Abimelech about what not to do. Let us seek God, his kingdom, and his righteousness. Let us love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. And let us be a person of God's word, a person of prayer, and a person who knows how God speaks to us. When we are faced with making a decision, let's make the wise choice.